The glory of God is maybe the greatest theme in scripture. It's the unifying principle for really everything we see. And if we understand the glory of God, it'll help us to answer questions like, why does the universe exist? What is my purpose? How can I be happy? Um, yet, I think even most Christians don't understand why the glory of God matters and even how to define it. It's a very hard thing to define. So we're continuing our series on the attributes of God, and we're focusing on this topic of the glory of God today. So we're going to be learning about that. This is a very important topic. So first, I want to get a good definition for the glory of God. So Mikey Johnson is here to help us through this topic. How do we define just simply the glory of God? Um, There is some challenges with defining it simply. Uh, You were just telling me about this analogy that John Piper uses where a basketball, for instance, is easy to uh, describe. It's just a round orange ball that you use to bounce and throw it in a net. You know exactly what size it is, how it feels, things like that. But glory or beauty, which is kind of what glory is in a lot of ways, is something that's not so tangible and easy to define. And so the Bible actually has a lot to say about glory. And so we can kind of use all these different passages to figure yeah. out all these different ways of looking at it. Yeah, because if you define beauty, you might say, well, I can't really totally describe it. It's maybe kind of an attractive quality or something. But right. you can say, well, that person's beautiful and that waterfall is beautiful. And right. that uh, for someone who doesn't understand the term at all, that'd be very difficult for them to get their head around. Right. right? It's more something that is uh, intangible, obviously. Right. So, yeah. So what's the best definition we, we can kind of give for the glory of God? Yeah. So I think the Bible's teaching about the glory of God can be summarized in two different ways of, of understanding it. So there is an intrinsic understanding of what the glory of God is, intrinsic to who God is, as in God is glorious. He's infinitely great and beautiful. He's perfect. And there's also an extrinsic way of understanding what the glory of God is. And that's referring to the fact that people can give glory to God. And that's what we're created for is to give glory to God, which is to recognize that he is glorious by the way that we live and the way that we speak. Okay. Let's talk more about the, the intrinsic uh, um, glory of God then. So so how do where do we see that in scripture? Yeah. So there's a huge sampling. If you look at a concordance and look at the word glory, there is many, many verses about it. So you'll see this a lot. But just some examples, um, there's Psalm 24. Who is who is the king of glory? It's the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And Acts 7-2, uh, Stephen describes God as the God of glory. Or <laughs> Ephesians 1-17 describes God as the father of glory. Or Exodus 16, he's the, or the glory of God actually appears to Israel in a cloud. And so his presence is his glory, And so all of these things point to the fact that God is intrinsically glorious, as Mm. in he is infinitely beautiful and great. He is perfect. Good, good, good. And and we have this definition from uh, John Piper, which I think is helpful, about this intrinsic glory of God, which is the glory of God is the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. So God is perfect and in all these ways, and so the glory, his glory is when we see, when we see that displayed. I've also heard it described as um, that that God's character on display. Yeah. So the the radiance of His character and of His perfections and His holiness and His beauty. Right. right. So again, that's still kind of hard to really put your finger on. But what we're talking about is this 
the the greatness of God, just how how beautiful and wonderful He is displayed. Right. I guess is a, is a way to put it. What about the extrinsic glory of God then? Yes, the extrinsic glory of God is talking to um, basically things that reveal His glory. Things that so when it said that people give glory to God or uh, God's creation gives glory to God, it's referring to the fact that um, His intrinsic glory is being recognized or displayed through. Th- the world, through people, through people's actions. And so if we see in the Bible, look, for instance, at Psalm 19, verse 1, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. And so that is the heavens basically ascribing glory to God. Um, Ephesians 1, 5 to 6, it speaks of um, us being predestined for adoption to the praise of his glorious grace. Mm-hmm. And so his His grace is glorious, it's perfect, but it's we're it's all this is showing how glorious he is. It's showing um, how we should praise him because he's perfect. Or Matthew five sixteen, it says, "Let your light shine so that others give glory to God because they see your good works." Mm-hmm. Or another one, First Corinthians ten thirty one, it says, "Do all to the glory of God. Do everything to reveal that God is perfect and He's worth living for." Or Isaiah forty two, that. Um, God is saying he's not going to share his glory with any other God, any, anyone else. All the glory belongs to him. So this is talking about his reputation, that yeah. he, he deserves recognition for the fact that he is perfect and no one else is. So this isn't yeah. saying that we're somehow adding to no. God's yeah. character or God's you know, right. right for glory. But but what what is this saying? Kind of explain that to us. Yeah, so it's important to, to think about this because we had that previous video about God's aseity, the fact that he's self-existent, he needs nothing from anyone else. So when we're saying we give glory to God, it's not as if we're giving him something that he doesn't already have. It's merely recognizing the fact that he is glorious. So mm-hmm. he is glorious regardless of what we say about it. But yeah. when we do say that he's glorious, it is revealing that reputation or bolstering that reputation that he is glorious and people recognize that. That's good. That's good. And that's why we were made to glorify God and to tell others about him so they could in turn glorify him. Exactly. So it reveals to us the central purpose of why we exist. Okay. So we've seen that the glory of God is that he's perfect. He's infinitely great and beautiful. Um, as well as that response that we have to him to glorify him. Yeah. So it speaks to both of those realities. So this is a, this is a good start, right? Um, but I think we have to get a better understanding. We need to uh, even get a wider perspective as to how the glory of God speaks into some of the key questions yeah. that we have in life. So how does the glory of God help us understand why the universe exists? Yeah, so basically God's glory, according to Scripture, is his motivating factor for doing everything that he's done. So he is glorious, and his mission is for everyone in creation, everything, to see that he is glorious. He's infinitely beautiful, perfect, great. And so he created the universe not because he needed it. Remember, he's uh, say he's of himself. And so he doesn't need anything. And so he created the universe so that there would be people and creation to recognize and to display the fact that he is glorious. Yeah. Yeah. So he could put on display his glory. Right. And so they in turn could praise him for it. Exactly. Because as we see the unfolding of history, we see that 
God is aiming for his own glory. So it actually right. helps us to answer the question of why did God allow sin into the world? Right. Right. Because God could have said, no sin, everyone has to, you know, perfectly respond to my word or whatever, right? And we often default to the free will is the important part there. Mm -hmm. That in order for us to truly love God, we have to be free. There's some truth to that, but I don't think that's really the best answer. I think the best answer is that God wanted to be glorified, and His glory um, can't can't be shown uh, to the greatest extent unless there is sin in the world. Right. And so when God is able to bring judgment on sin, that shows His glory. But even greater than that is when He shows His grace and forgiveness. And so the greatest display of the glory of God was the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ because he, he showed the fullness of the extent he was willing to go to overcome sin. Right. So this is why the universe exists, right, right, for this purpose. And so it also, I mean, it really helps us to understand our purpose. Right. So, so tell us about that. So what is yeah. my purpose? Yeah, so God created the entire universe to display his glory and so he'd be glorified, and he created human beings to be made in the image of God. And so not only are they images of God, but their role is to image God as yeah. a verb. So what they do is they show some of God's qualities and they basically are an example of what uh, God's attributes are. Obviously not this, exactly the same. They're not God, but they show um, basically by their unique traits compared to the rest of creation that God is glorious. And so we're humans. We're meant to image God, to show that God is, um, is perfect. But when we sin, we're, we're not fulfilling that purpose. God himself doesn't sin. And so when we yeah. sin, we're failing to do what God created us for. We're, we're no longer showing that God is beautiful. We're images of God that are now evil, which yeah. is not what we're supposed to be. Yeah. And we're, uh, <clears throat> you know, like, uh, I think it was Augustine that said, we're like, curved in upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking outward to God to, to image him, to, to give glory to him, we're focused on ourselves, idolizing things that humans have made, and therefore you enter into this downward spiral of self-destruction. Right. And it's, it's so interesting because <clears throat> this really is a simple answer to that question of why do we exist. It's funny that that question, if you ask, what is the purpose of life, that's typically asked in our culture in a way as if it's an impossible question to answer, <laughs> right. right? Like, yeah. I don't know, there's like these impossible math problems and then there's why do I exist? Mm -hmm. Like, why is it that every single thing in this world has a very clear reason for existence? Like if I have a book or a fork or any item, I know exactly what it's for, it's, right. it's obvious. And yet with people, we say, there's, there's no reason why we exist. Right. <laughs> the only being. And of course, the, the purpose is very clear. It's, it's just that we don't want to see it. Right. We want to live for ourselves instead of the reason we exist, which is to find joy and purpose in God. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is not a hard answer. It's just maybe hard for people to accept. Right. That because we're, we want to live for ourselves. We're not our own. Yeah. 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 So, okay, well, does this make God selfish? If God is, is designing everything in history for his glory, if he demands his own glory... You know, I mean, I think of Isaiah 48, where it says, For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. My glory I will not give to another. So mm -hmm. God is jealous for his own glory. He knows he deserves the glory and he wants it for himself. And he creates everything so he can be glorified. Does that make God selfish or self-centered? 
Yeah, that's a good question. The answer is no. I didn't mean to say the answer is yes. But um, when we think about this, if a person, so one of us, did everything for ourselves, yes, we would say you're a selfish person. If everything you do is only thinking about yourself, um, every yeah, that's that's selfish. Yes. But because this is God we're talking about, it's actually not selfish because seeking his own glory is actually what is also best for us, hmm. for his creation. Like we were just talking about, we were made in the image of God, and that was what we were created for. Like if a spoon is used for eating soup or something, we were created with the purpose of imaging God, of glorifying God by showing that he is perfect. And so because that's our intended purpose, God actually seeking that and demanding that of us is actually what's also best for us. Hmm. So you were talking about when we sin, we're we're spiraling into self-destruction because God didn't make us for um, for something that isn't glorifying God. You don't use a, a spoon to cut down a tree. That's just not what it's for. Yeah. In the same way, we're not meant to be doing things that aren't honoring God because that's not what God created us for. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's good. I, I mean, it's yeah. I always think it, basically it's God isn't selfish, but He is self-centered. Right. Because totally. He. But the thing is, He is the center. Right. So it's bad for you and I. So it's selfish when you and I are self-centered because we're not the center of the universe. Right. But he is, right, in terms of purpose, in terms of meaning. It's like, well, why do all the planets have to revolve around the sun? Why can't they all revolve around Mars? Mm -hmm. Well, because they would all, I I don't know the physics involved, but because it would cause disasters, right? Mm -hmm. It it would be be disastrous. Mm -hmm. Or why do all the parts of an engine have to work in a certain way? Well, they have to be in their place in order that they can best operate. There has to be a certain place. And so our place is not at the center. God's place is at the center. And that leads to flourishing and blessing for humanity as well. Right. So it's not one or the other, God's glory or our benefit. It's that they're both completely linked. Right. There's no way to separate them. So when you glorify God, you're going to have joy and you're going to have hope and you're going to have peace and all these things that that you want. But they're secondary to giving him glory. Right. And so, I mean, a really helpful catchphrase or really mission statement for John Piper bringing him up again is his classic statement. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. And so Mm -hmm. those two ends, our happiness and God's glory are not different ends. They're they're the one and the same because God is more glorified when we realize how perfect he is and we're more satisfied in him. That's good. So that's a, that's a lot to take in this whole topic of the glory of God. Maybe it's new for folks to really have it explained. I'm sure a lot have heard that term, but what should we take away from all this? Well, that should definitely, one thing is this really humble us that mm. we're not the center of the universe, that God is the center of the universe. And we have, we've talked about what our purpose is. And so our purpose yeah. is to glorify God. And so that, that should drastically shape our entire life. Yeah. I mean, and I think give us a much bigger view of God too, Yeah, to take in this, this aspect of who he is and, that we can never, I mean, in this life, fully really understand His glory. That we're always we're seeing it revealed to us day by day as we study Scripture and we see God's works in our own lives. Right. But this is a lifelong pursuit and an eternal pursuit right. of glorifying God. Yeah, and there's also the hope, like we talked about, that the fact that this is actually what's most satisfying in life is living in the way that God made you. Yeah. is to live for his glory. That's actually what you're made for and also what will make you most happy as well. That's right. So let's live for God's glory. 